Hello, and welcome to uh, Beyond the Sermon. I'm Pastor Will Harley. I have here Pastor Dave Rudat, which you see he's the biggest picture here on the block. And we have with us also Pastor David Endorf. So welcome, Pastor Endorf. Hi. Good to be with you. <laughs> Where are you serving, uh, Pastor Endorf? Uh, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, which is a northwest suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So delighted to have you with us here as we go beyond the sermons. We have two different uh, texts to talk about today. We have Genesis, apparently the whole book, to talk about as one of our texts. And then Matthew 28. uh, Not the whole book. Not the whole book, because it's a chapter, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, which both uh, uh, Dave Endorf and Will Harley have both uh, preached on this past Sunday. So who, where do we want to begin? Do we want to just uh, begin by raking me over the coals by going over Genesis? For we should start what in the fool would go over the book of Genesis? What? We should start in the beginning. In the beginning? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, the first baseball game ever to be played in the big inning. <laughs> well, I, I think you should defend your choice of Genesis as a, a reading for Holy Trinity Sunday. <laughs> okay, very good. That's a good uh, uh, challenge accepted. I did... I uh, appreciate uh, talking for at the beginning of the sermon. I just talked about how the triune God was all there at creation. That we, yes, we confess in the Apostles' Creed, we believe that God the Father is the maker of creation. But then we, then I'd spend some time talking about John one. In the beginning was the Word, and then also time from the previous Sunday where we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the giver of life. So here He is uh, giving life to the universe and participation, how the triune God works in unity to create something that is very complex and beautiful. So I didn't read the whole text of uh, Genesis as far as a, I read it from the lectern, obviously, but I, I, I was teasing um, folks. I said, well, I, half my sermon is just in reading the text for today. Um, but uh, my, my law and gospel was basically how God has uh, created this um, this creation and how we pretty much have um, either we have uh, um, let's see what was my law and gospel oh, oh how the things that we make uh, just are just um, uh, we, we screw them up and uh, and God doesn't say well you you broke it you got to fix it but instead God promises and 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 uh, promises a savior. So, I I did kind of import Genesis three into that. Just if I'm in Genesis, I might also just take more of it. But uh, just that the concept of whenever the theme that the 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 central point was whenever God speak, good things happen. So when God spoke, the creation happened. And I did spend some time talking about this idea that God created the world in six twenty four hour days is probably. A, a, not a concept that's hard for me to believe because of the Holy Spirit or hard for our members in the pews to believe because of the Holy Spirit, but might be hard for people in our in our society just because of how evolution has so inundated our culture and our conversations that we think that any kind of improvement is somehow evolution when that's not actually the fulfillment of that that term. Uh, it's not, things aren't getting more complex. We are, we still maintained to be savages but but now we live better kind of concept so um i guess going back and and rethinking about it is there anything that you wish you would have done better you know due to the celebration of holy trinity 
<laughs> no, I don't. I I really like what what are. Yes, I consider I finished the sermon without messing up or introducing a false heresy regarding the Trinity that God is one, but yet He has three persons, and and that conversation. I'm sure I had that in there in the beginning of the of the sermon. Um, but I I feel like the idea that God, what God creates, there is a triune God. When God saves, we have the activity of all three as well. When God's going to uh, finish his creation at the end of all time, there the triune God is going to be in, involved. So it's not like it's a, uh, um, when it comes to the activity of God, that we can pigeonhole each person and say each person only has these specific jobs um, because it is the unity in the Trinity. That's my answer. That's my defense. Whether it's good or not, go ahead. Well, I mean, did you make up for it by saying the Athanasian Creed in the service? (laughs) (laughs) I'm on your side, Dave. I think you did a great job. And I think as long as you didn't go to Latin, then you're great. I mean, I I think when you're in the pulpit and you're talking opera ad interna and opera ad externa, then then you've just lost it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you see the eyes glaze over. <laughs> I did like, I did uh, spend in the introduction, I did talk about how, yeah, this is a hard concept for even your friends to understand, even people who profess to be Christians, because they they, they're so inundated by the evolution in, in their culture and in their education. I said, the, the, begin, the place to begin is not just to say Genesis 1, but the place to begin is in the resurrection, and then work your way backwards. And so... I did have that opportunity to say, here, here's a tool for you. Yeah, we're talking about something you know and you confess every Sunday, and I confess every Sunday, but let's just take this opportunity to, to reflect on the beauty of God creating the world in a complex way and a way that is complex from the beginning, not something simple that has grown to be more complex, but already complex and awesome at the beginning. And... Um, and then as we're talking, and let's appreciate it more, that kind of the idea of getting beyond the Sunday school, like this isn't a myth, a fairy tale, but this actually happened. This, there's beauty in the Genesis 1 text, and uh, I wish I could talk about it more and, and talk about each day and just how, how it all fits together. But I, I think they got the point when I would say, you know, when God, when I would create the world, I'm such a somebody who doesn't know how to put things together that I probably would put man on the first day because man is most important, but then they wouldn't have anything to eat, nor would they have anything to drink. They'd be, you know, they'd be drowning right away. So just that whole concept, how God sets up creation for, for the next thing. No, go on. Okay. And I, I would, I would just say that um, having come from a, a public school, you know, grade school, high school and college background, um, one of the things I like to share with people is that if you get rid of, if you get rid of everything but the evidence, and that you take a look at the evidence and you start looking at, at that, and you you start asking yourself, you know, as you look at the evidence, does this look like something that was created perfect and started falling apart, or it started simple and is getting better at surviving? You know, the answer is, 
you know, it was created perfect and is falling apart. You, you go to the fossils and everything appears, you know, fully formed you, and dies. You look at even superbugs, you know, well, they were created like MRSA, uh, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aurea, you know, is this superbug that'll kill you, flesh-eating bacteria. But it's just regular staph infection that can't use a specific protein that the antibiotic attacks. And so we call it a superbug, but the only reason it's a superbug is because it can't build cell walls as well as other bacteria. That's why you only see it in hospitals and in places that clean all the time, because that's where they kill off the actual strong bacteria. And so it's not really a superbug. It's just resistant to an antibiotic. And so it's falling apart. And that's what you see when you look at all of this evidence of creation versus evolution. And when you have those two, that understanding of the two different things like Dave was talking about, you can evaluate the evidence. Well, and I also, it I also, doesn't have to be con but not it doesn't have to be complicated. There we go. Mm -hmm. And I and I also think it like you it's like Dave was saying, <clears throat> you know, um the Lord the triune God, as he builds up creation, he, he builds an adaptability. I mean, you, you, you don't change a species yeah. just because you go to a different place and you become adapted. You know, my brother, when he lived up in the North before he became a Southerner, he would go out and he would wear just a sweatshirt and shorts and go play hockey <laughs> out on the lake. Now, when he comes back to visit after being in Virginia for 20, 30 years, he's like, it's 30 degrees, 28 degrees. And he's bundled up in the warmest coats. Cause he's, he's like, I'm freezing. You know, his adaptability has decreased. Um, he didn't change into any other type of species. He's still a person. He's still who he is. He's just, his adaptability has changed. He can take heat a lot better than I can. <laughs> you know, if I went down there, I would be sweating horribly and he's fine. So I think there's there's a lot of that that's built into that, and you get that with the bugs, like with your example, um, Pastor. Under for that, you have this this idea of these bugs that are able to adapt, and and you have these diseases that can adapt to some extent. Doesn't change the disease. So you do have some some wonderful things there, with the word being present. Yeah, on the right. <laughs> right. The fact that the Holy Spirit is kind of using the words that I speak to, to yeah. build up God's people. And so, well, no, the word and, is in creation too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Words, so. The word speaks and good things happen. I did, yeah. and to answer your question, we did do the Athanasian Creed. So Awesome. And it was before the sermon, so I could have just dropped mic and said, boom, we're done here, right? We're, we're done. This was written <laughs> for you <laughs> to explain everything you need to know. <laughs> did you do it all in one fell swoop, by the way? Uh, we did it responsively. Okay, so you, but you read it in its entirety all at one time. Yeah. How did that go over? How about you, Dave? Did you do it all in one fell swoop? No, we broke it up. Oh, okay. So did we. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of people afterwards saying thank you for breaking that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, we we read it responsibly and we stood the whole time and nobody complained. You made them stand too. Yeah, yeah. You kind of stand for things you believe in, right? Oh, oh! You win. I'm so comfortable. I just sit. <laughs> so, all right, that's good for Genesis, uh, Matthew 28, uh, 16 to 20. Is that your text for both of you? Yeah. So, so who would like to go first? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> Um, so I was kind of, um, I had the opportunity, of course, we were celebrating Holy Trinity, but I was also, uh, we were doing graduation for our eighth graders. And so, uh, I was once again, trying to meld things that probably don't meld together all the greatest. And so the concept of the Trinity and then the concept of, of graduating. And so I, I kind of, uh, spent my time focused on, um, a triune God, who uh, takes the time. And so my, my sermon theme was, it takes time. Um, and, and so my, my, my focus was, um, there are th- I started off the entire sermon with, you know, uh, there are moments in life where, where you just say to yourself, I, I bet you the Lord is up in heaven laughing. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I gave some examples of some funny things and, and how do I know that the Lord has a sense of humor? Because he created all that is good. Uh, he created the, the concepts of beauty and joy and humor and knowledge and wisdom. And, and I said, he even creates for us something that is very beautiful called time. And I said, and, and all of the things in life that we take for granted, knowledge and wisdom and, and joy, all take time to, to grow and take time to manifest and take time for us to understand and to truly enjoy them. And, and, and I kind of brought it back to, to our kids with the idea that, you know, um, it would be ridiculous to expect uh, when you first came into kindergarten and first grade to know what you are now knowing as you're leaving eighth grade and entering into high school, it, it would be, it would be ridiculous, right. For you to expect that because it takes time. It takes time for you to grow into understanding those things. And I said, and the same thing is with the Trinity. I said, and I went through and I said, we could try to explain the Trinity in all these different ways. And I went through all the different ways that we tried Latin to, terms, Latin terms, no Latin terms. terms. <laughs> I didn't use any Latin. I, I did slip into some Hebrew um, in Deuteronomy. Um, but then I translated it for them. So, <laughs> but, but no, I, 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 um, I, I kind of just said, you know, we, we are presented with these truths and they bleed from the scriptures. And, and I said, and we try to wrap our head around them, um, but it takes time. It takes time for us to truly live with the Trinity working in our life uh, for us to truly understand. And even then we don't because it's only by faith, but we, we start to start getting glimpses of how this works. So that was in the text and as far as what, as so the, far as Jesus saying, I'm going to be with you like this. Yeah. This, that, the, so, so the, 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 the time aspect of the text is I behold, I will be with you always to the very end of the age that, that the, so my, my law of the text was we don't want to take the time. We, we refuse or, or are hesitant to take the time to really engage with this triune God who, who pours everything into our life. Um, I use myself as an example that, you know, I understand that I get excited. And, and when I talk about the scriptures and that I can be long-winded and I pointed to the eighth graders and I said, they probably know it better than anyone when I teach confirmation um, where I can get off track. And I said, I get it. But I said, we are all so resistant that, that we, 
we come to church and we say, I'm going to give God an hour. And that is as much time as he deserves. And I have given him what he deserves. And when it gets to be an hour and 10, we're now over and everything has to stop. And I said, I, I came back around and said, you know, that, so that was the law section. The law section is, is we are not putting in the time. We'll put in the time for everything else, but for what truly is, is important. And the law section or the, the gospel section is, thank God, he not only gives us the tools to grow in him, mm-hmm. he gives us the very tool to plant us in him, but then the tools to, to continue to grow in him by teaching, which is a continual action. But then also our Lord refuses to abandon us. The triune God in whose name we have been baptized has promised to be with us and will continue to be with us and take the time. <clears throat> and he will always take the time uh, to, to be with us. So that's kind of where I went. That was a really good gospel. I like that. I will be with you always. And just the, the in companionship with the law of uh, we think God only wants an hour of our time or that he's only available for an hour of our time. But no, he's available 24 hours, seven. He's actually giving us means by which we can engage with him uh, in a, in a very personal way that we can uh, be with him in the word. We can, um, and I'm, I know I'm going to say prayer, but I'm not saying that prayer is a means of grace. I'm just saying this is a means by which we can communicate um, with this God who created us it's, and saved it's an, us. It's an all. It's not an and or or an or. It's a it's an all. It's mm. it's he he's there. He so so just as he was there in the creation in the in the building up in your sermon, he's there in the building up of us as we go through life, and the consistent thing is as our kids are going into high school, they're going to learn different things and they're going to learn more next year than they learned this year. And by the time they graduate, they're going to learn more and they're going to continue to learn. And through it all, their Lord, the triune God who claimed their life in the waters of baptism. And I, and I brought this back in. He, he will be there with them. He will be walking with them and, and he will be um, always present because he promised to be there and put in the time to be with them. So, so that's the sermon. It took time. Or it, it takes time. It takes time. Too. So it takes time to talk about a sermon that talks about time. It did. And I, I made that very clear. I said, this is going to, I said, I, and then I even said in the sermon, I said, I could give you everything you need to know in five minutes, five to 10 minutes. And I said, so here it is. And I said, but it's not everything that you might want, because how do you get through the hardships? How do you get through the, the times where you're, they're suffering? How do you get through these, these moments where you're lost? And I said, that takes time to gather at the feet of someone who gives comfort and hope and, and, and to know where the, to go with those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, yeah, I could have done this whole entire sermon in, in about five minutes, but I said, you're not getting that. <laughs> <laughs> and you wouldn't want it either. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, see, I didn't say that because I know. Some of them would have been like, I would have liked the short version. <laughs> <laughs> the new man in you would not want it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's on holiday. <laughs> he's on holiday. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's uh, Will Harley. Um, Dave, tell us about your take on Matthew 28, 16 to 20, and your uh, how, what the thoughts you – oh, I'm sorry. We didn't ask the question, Will. Is there anything you did not – get to that you wanted to talk about um yeah so it, it being trinity sunday i i think i could have really it, I, I i think i could have done a better job of um and and i know this is going to sound weird coming from me i think i could have done a better job driving to the sacrament of baptism 
Um, and what does it mean to truly have that name of the triune God placed over you? Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't focus on that as much. And I, I, I think that, um, if it would have been any other Sunday where we celebrated the Trinity and it wasn't graduation, I probably would have, I would have gone in that direction and saying, you know, what does it mean that you carry this triune God's name? But, um, I took it in a little, I, I, I gave myself a challenge to try to meld two concepts and jam them together that don't like to live in the same sphere. So, but yeah, that's, that's where I would have, I think I would have done better or I would have explained more because I think there's such a richness within the, the um, catechism on the significance of the bearing the name of, of the triune God. Mm-hmm. So, All right, uh, Dave, tell us about Matthew twenty-eight sixteen to twenty, as if we've never heard it before. As if you've never heard it before. <laughs> so, uh, being in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, we're a, a diverse area. Okay, and we're a very liberal area, so we've got many different faith faiths. And the, the pressure is to kind of accept um, everybody as, as a different path to salvation, you know. And so my theme was all gods are not the same. Uh, you know, the, there's a difference between the triune God and Allah and, and Brahma and you name it. And so I, I talked about how um, how the, the 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 sinful nature has that opinion of the law of I did not say opinio legis in the sermon, but you know that's what I get. You know, we were screaming we, it in your head. I'm <laughs> screaming it in my head. We got the opinion of the law. There's no free lunch. I'm going to earn it. I'm going to do it. You know, and that it's it's what I do to God, I, what I do for God. You know, it's the five pillars of Islam. It's the eightfold path of of Buddhism. It's it's all of those things, and that in God, it's in the, in the true God, it's the father who created the world, the son who who died for us and the Holy Spirit poured out into our hearts and 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 that to to bring it closer to us and to apply the law to ourselves, we turn the Great Commission into a law. You know, that I I'm, I'm not saved. I've I've got to go out and do these things. Like I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. The more doors I knock in, the more saved I am, kind of a thing. Well, even with Jesus' words, right? Teaching them to do. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and that we forget who's saying these things. You know, th- this is this is our savior who's just died for our sins, who's who's promising the Holy Spirit to come. You know, he's the one giving the great commission. And so what he's doing here is, is not giving us a law for salvation. You know, 
He has forgiven all of our sins. He has lived the perfect life we did not. You are forgiven. You are God's dearly loved child. His righteous life covers you. He's going to send the Holy Spirit to live in your hearts. He is restoring the image of God that was broken at the, you know, the, the image of God from Genesis 1 that was broken. You know, he's uniting you to God the way God always wanted you to be united so that you're joining God in his work of, you know, creating, of, of making the world the way God wanted it to be. And so we get to do that joyfully, not because God needs us to do it, but because God wants you to do it, because God loves you and, and wants to work with you. And so as forgiven children of God, we get to um, teach people to obey God, you know, because that's where the blessings are. God knows how how we were made and and how we should be living because that's, he, he's got the instruction manual. <laughs> this is what's going to work. Um, you know, he gives us baptism because he's a, a gracious God who wants us to always have that solid foundation of God's own child. I gladly say it. So we can always come back to that peace and confidence. And, um, and, and as, as we live that life, we always have that confidence, you know, that God's never going to leave us or forsake us because he'll be with us to the very end of the age. And so when God says, uh, you know, so I, I wrap this up by saying, so when God says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he, he's not saying that as a threat. And so you'd better do this or I'm going to come and smack you down. It's. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to the one who died for your sins. And so we we follow him because we know what's going to work out. We know the one who's saying it. We know what he wants for us and what he has done for us. And we rejoice in this opportunity we have to work with our, our saving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It certainly is tough, isn't it, to not preach on the Great Commission without it sounding like a law. And I can see how you struggled with that and how you reminded God's people, this is who we are in Christ, and because of what he has done for us, now we get to rather than we have to. So, yeah, that's uh, thank you for that. Is there anything that you didn't cover that you wish you would have covered? Um, besides I, I... giving him a lesson in Latin? Besides giving him a lesson in Latin. <laughs> well, I mean, there's always some Greek that you could have um, I, I, You know, I, I wish... There, there's always so much holy history you kind of want to cover. Because we, we have this 2,000 years of perspective of, of the gospel, of the Great Commission being carried out. You know, and, and we can look at this and we can see... Um, you know, that, that, yeah, this is something that was carried out miraculously, that, that these are people who went and who died for their faith, who, who converted slaves, 
who were carried off into slavery in other places, who, who, who died for their faith and converted other people. You know, this is not the spread of Islam where it was by the sword. Um, and that's one of the things now where, um, you know, Christianity gets accused of cultural oppression. Mm-hmm. You know, like we converted everybody by the sword. And that's just not true. That's not how church history worked. Um, and so part of me wanted to really hit that, but kind of hit the cutting room floor. Yeah. Well, I yeah. can imagine it would be it would be a, a tough thing to try to, being in the culture that you are, where you have, um, you walk that fine line where you don't want to be insulting, but yet you want to be truthful. And, and you have probably people sitting in your pew who are good friends with or know um, people of those other belief systems. And they're like, well, they're nice people and they're good neighbors. And they're, <clears throat> I'm sure we all know the ones that aren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I'm sure there's people in your pew that are like, okay, well, they're my neighbor and they keep a very clean yard and they, their kids are very respectful. How could you say that? Um, and so I can understand walking that fine line and saying, well, here's the triune God and he is the only, and, um, these people may externally be nice people, but that doesn't mean anything for their soul. Um, and that's a hard, that is a hard thing to, to have to walk. So, yeah, especially when you have even today, people who profess to be Christians that can be really nasty to somebody else or nasty online, you go, well, I'm, you know, my Muslim neighbor or my, my uh, Buddhist neighbor seems to be a lot more tolerant than my Christian neighbor is because he's, my Christian neighbor is, is angry all the time and mad at this, that, Do you know what tolerance thing. is, right? <laughs> tolerance yeah. is just saying, I'm right, but I will allow you in your, to be in your lie. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, and a lot of people are very tolerant that, you know, I'm right, but you can still believe what you want. That still doesn't help them. So... Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. And that's uh, really kind of, I'm not, not sure how we wrap things up on the Beyond the Sermon podcast, but uh, encouragement for those oh, who are. Go ahead. Go ahead. Holy Trinity. The theme was Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity. There is only one All God. Yeah. Yeah, the Holy Trinity. <laughs> the Trinity of Harley, Rudat, and Endorf on Holy yeah. Trinity Sunday. One podcast. <laughs> we would be a trio. I just want yeah. to throw that difference there's, out there. There's sure. not a whole lot of unity between these three guys. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just afraid of lightning bolts. And yeah, we are co-equal in authority. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you very much for uh watching the show and or listening to the show and uh this thursday we're going we're doing a topic on family devotions you're also welcome to join us next tuesday as we go beyond the sermon <laughs>